Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Advance, an NCEES podcast series. I'm your host, Davey McDowell, Chief Operating Officer at NCEES. On today's episode, I'm honored to be able to talk with Devin Tracy, a rising star in the areas of sustainability and corporate responsibility. Devin is a professional engineer, earned her BS in mechanical engineering with a minor in sustainable engineering from Binghamton University. She currently leads a smart buildings team for a large global aerospace and defense company. She is responsible for the implementation of data analytics software to perform fault detection and diagnostics, energy anomaly detection, and predictive maintenance. Devin holds a master's degree in sustainable systems engineering from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. She was recently awarded the Green Biz 30 Under 30 distinction and presented a TEDx talk on the extinction of sustainability. As if that's not enough, she's also an incredibly talented musician. Thank you, Devin, for joining us today. I'm looking forward to our conversation, so let's go ahead and jump right in. So, Devin, can you tell me, you know, what what got you started into to engineering? What what got you to this point? And and I, I say that because a lot of times in the research that NCWS has done in the in the past, it's it's usually a parent that kind of pushes you towards, uh, you know, this path in engineering, or maybe it's a a friend uh, a friend's family member that kind of pushes you. What got you uh, interested in engineering? What pushed you towards towards the science field? Yeah, Davey, you hit the nail on the head. My dad is a professional engineer, and I thought I was interested in architecture. And in high school, we had the opportunity to get introduced to engineering courses early on through the Project Lead the Way program. And so that was my first introduction, and that led me to getting a degree in mechanical engineering for my undergraduate studies with a minor in sustainability engineering because I knew there was there was something that was was drawing me to the sustainability flavor of engineering and you know throughout my undergraduate I was able to take each summer in between and do an internship and that you know getting exposure to applying what we were learning to reality that was huge for me I ended up doing one internship with an energy consultant firm uh, and then spent two summers consecutively with nuclear submarine training facility in their acoustics department and then in their environmental engineering department as well. So even before I had graduated, I had been lucky enough to be exposed to what is it like in the real world to apply engineering. By the time I graduated, I, I knew I wanted to stay in the field was able to join a large aerospace and defense firm, go through their leadership rotation program. And that brought me to where I am today as an associate manager for the Smart Buildings program. Obviously, I want to learn more about your work as a professional engineer, but I'm also fascinated by and want to ask about your love for music. For all of our listeners, here's a small snippet of Devin performing during her TED Talk on the extinction of sustainability.
Thank you for sharing that. You are truly talented. Okay, so I'm, so who, do you have a favorite drummer, a favorite ukulele player? Just... Uh, well, Buddy Rich, he's the classic. Um, yeah. Isabel DeLeon, she was one of my drumming teachers when I was living in D.C., so I look up to her a lot. And, uh, yeah, I, I just say to people, you know, find your passion outside of work because we're all multidimensional. you got to keep yourself sane. And um, for me, music and, and riding bikes is, is a way to do that and, and still, you know, be a storyteller and, and lead teams, lead a band, use your creative side of the brain. Could not agree more. That was absolutely a, um, I, with these podcasts, it is, I've met, you know, met virtually uh, a number of people. And every time we have one, I learn a little bit something else. It makes me feel a little bit better about the, the world when I get to talk to people that, that have a, um, a thirst for life and a thirst for or, or a passion for doing something. Okay, now let's jump back into the engineering world. In your TED Talk, you talk about one of your first big project assignments when you were in college. I think almost every engineering student that's about to graduate kind of has some you know, these grand plans, right? So I'm going to do these types of things. And, and depending on which flavor of engineering you're in, you may be thinking, you know, where I'm headed, you know, what this big idea you've got. And then the first thing you do is you're, you're put out there and you want to save the world. And, and basically you're given an assignment to design a door. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell me how you go from, um, you know, how, how you, that first project to where you are today. Yeah. Great question. And, and the example you gave designing the door, that was real. That was, that happened to me. I showed up on day one. Uh, actually it was day two. Day one, I, I had signed up to work on ocean thermal energy conversion using the temperature difference in the ocean to, you know, drive a turbine and, and create electricity. And uh, for one reason or the other, the need for the business was designing a door on, on a combat ship. And I scratched my head and I went home in tears every night. And I, I said, you know, what am I doing here? This is, how is this related to sustainability? I ended up taking some vacation days to go to a conference, the United States Green Building Council conference, uh, one of the largest green building gatherings uh, internationally every year. And I met uh, one of my mentors, who is still one of my mentors today, and she introduced me to this concept, and, and it made the light bulb go off in my head. And I finally realized that any large consumer of resources really should be caring about sustainability. And I I was kind of wondering, you know, why are people from JCPenney and, and Walmart here at this conference and then it really clicked and you know we only have finite resources on this planet and it's only going to get tougher and tougher to conserve as the population grows so all of these people need to be involved in including the defense industry at that point i said you know what there's got to be someone in this company who who understands this and so i went on a little scavenger hunt and ended up making the next two roles uh, from scratch uh, in my rotational program. Um, I, I literally you know, wrote down the job description, made the business case, 
And that's how I got to the position I'm in today, which has evolved from, you know, traditional energy conservation measures, setting aside capital funding in our facilities management program to really using data analytics to find faults and anomalies in our HVAC systems to, you know, not only save energy, but also move towards a more predictive, preventative maintenance strategy. So a couple of things that, that you just said um, spurred, spurred some, I, I guess, questions. And, and one of them obviously is it seems to be a passion of yours to, to not only protect the environment, to do whatever we can as, as a people to, to be more sustainable with the resources that we have. So sustainability does seem to be your passion. So first, talk a little bit about that and, and kind of where that kind of came from. And, and, and you mentioned it just a minute ago, how that's evolved in the company that you work for. Sure. So the first part of your question, the passion, I would attribute that back to my family. Uh, my parents have small construction business and a lot of what they do is renovating old historic structures. And so in my mind, you know, growing up, that was considered to be the ultimate recycling project. And so that's where the seed was planted. And then, you know, as I got older, I started riding my bike to commute, uh, ended up, you know, taking that a little further and, and biking across the country as did my brother. And so I think it really was just the seed was planted within my family. So then shifting gears to the second part of your question, how does the defense industry fit in? And, and again, that, that took me a while to understand, but I'll, I'll come at it from a couple different angles. One is, you know, because there are finite resources, people are in this world are, are fighting over the resources. And so the, <laughs> the less of that resource constraint, you know, the less fighting. So the defense industry is very aware of that. And it requires a lot of energy to, to participate in war. And so that is also on the front of their mind. You know, how are they going to be able to you know, refuel the combat ship safely or special aircraft without you know, being detected? And then climate change as well is often on the shores with the sea rise and that's encroaching on on military bases so because the the defense industry recognizes that all of these things are impacting the way they do business they're investing in and i believe they're one of the largest investors in renewable energy at least in the top three on the planet uh, because their their annual utility bill is is huge, and I can't remember the number that I had quoted in the the TED talk, but it's it's in the billions. So you know, one small change with an industry that large goes a long way. As you have progressed in 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 your job, has there been any projects? that because you're talking about some of the things that you've done and, and how you've expanded the roles and obviously gone from giving a door to design to to something a lot larger is there any one project that kind of stands out in your mind as to like not only was this challenging but it was rewarding and and at the end of it it was it was fun too so when i first came to the facilities organization there uh happened to be some funding that 
that freed up at the, the last moment. And so I was able to jump in, you know, basically day one of that role and figure out how to spend it. And one of our sites raised their hand and they said, you know, we want to put a solar farm at our campus. And so I was able to, you know, dive in and guide them along the way to figure out what was possible because we had an accelerated timeline, um, get it done, you know, faster than anyone had. And that, that solar field has kind of set the precedence. And, you know, back then we had to get a lot of approvals. We had to kind of educate leadership, you know, why should we be doing this? And now, you know, even to this day, we're reporting on the generation from that project. We had the governor of Florida come down for the ribbon cutting. It's actually a carport. So employees are able to park underneath and, you know, not walk into their car after work and have it be boiling. So there's a lot of side benefits. Um, but, you know, being able to be part of that from day one through fruition and, and seeing it, it just was very tangible versus, you know, maybe some other projects where you're adding insulation or, you know, adding variable frequency drives or chillers and, and boilers and, and some of the stuff that's less sexy and you, you can't see necessarily without going into, you know, behind the scenes. That was really rewarding for me. Tell me a little bit about your process, your the way, you know, where, where you came from before you became a professional engineer, your experiences with the exams kind of thing. What, what got you in, in, um, to make sure that you wanted to be a professional engineer? So now I'm going to sound like a broken record, Davey, but this was also um, encouragement from my dad. He actually decided to get his PE license just a few years ago, and he's in his 50s. And it was a struggle. He'll be okay with me saying this, but he didn't pass the first time. And all those years later after school, trying to remember some of the fundamentals, I saw it firsthand how, how difficult that would be. And he encouraged me to sign up for the FE exam before I graduated undergrad. Do it early as soon as you can. And so that was really a no, no kidding. I was not going to miss that opportunity. So I'm, I'm glad I did that. And then I was living in DC at the time when I became eligible to take the PE. And to be completely honest, I've, I've yet to stamp anything um, in the couple years I've, I've been licensed. But having, you know, PE in your title adds a lot of credibility when you, especially as a, a female in a male dominated field, charging new territory and, you know, working a lot with, with folks I haven't met in person, you know, credibility is one reason to have it, but also you never know when you'll need it. Not to mention the fact that it was an opportunity for me to brush up on fundamentals. I'd actually never taken a course in HVAC. And so because I did the, the HVAC PE exam, um, I, I ended up learning a lot that was applicable to my job at the time. So again, it was one of those instances where, you know, in parallel, it's like someone's whispering in my ear, you know, here's, here's this extra bit of information you can use at work and also to help you understand how the world works. 
So back to, to your sustainability, that being a passion of yours. And when I was listening to the TED Talks, I, I actually remember you saying something along the lines of about wanting to make the term sustainability extinct. Can you expound on that? Tell us what you mean by that. The way I look at that is, you know, a future where the word sustainability doesn't exist. It's not in the dictionary anymore because it would be redundant. It would almost be like saying, for example, water is wet. So the real question that I was, I was trying to tackle in the TED Talk was, how do we get to the point where the term sustainability is extinct? Because we're obviously not there yet. One way to do that is to look at, you know, non-traditional pathways, for example, the defense industry. And, and that's how kind of led into, you know, why, why is the defense industry a part of this conversation? From a, from a career point of view, do you have any career advice for young engineers in terms of ways to, to move forward, not only with in a company, but also as you pointed out, you know, somewhat saving the world, saving the planet, um, you know, any suggestions for any uh, young engineers about getting their professional engineer's license? So a couple pieces of advice. One, do internships, you know, during your undergraduate experience, get that experience because each one, adding that to your resume, it's easier and easier to get the next job. Uh, two, don't be afraid to create your own role. Write it up from scratch like I did. I, I can't tell you how many people were shocked to hear I did that in a, in a big company. It, it really is possible and, and not so hard if you can get the right people on your side. And then in terms of, you know, if you're thinking about getting your PE, if you're thinking about it, do it. That, that's all I could say. And do it early as soon as you can um, because you never know when you're going to need it. So one of the things you mentioned, and I think it's important too, is, and one of the pieces of advice that I've given to young engineers or to college students that are in engineering is, you know, take the FE exam before you graduate or, or at least, you know, soon after graduation. Those, those topics that are included on the fundamentals of engineering or the FE exam are things that you should have learned in school. And the further you move away from them, the more difficult uh, they become to, you know, you just don't use them. So you, you just tend to forget them. Uh, but the other thing that I also felt with, with, as I was preparing myself for the professional engineering exam was also having some type of mentor and, and whether it's a, a direct mentor for getting ready for the exam or a mentor, like as you mentioned, uh, the CEO of the company, I think having, having someone as a mentor is, is important as well. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, someone you can you can pick up the phone at any time, you know, when you need to make a decision and you only have a little bit of time and get their advice. That's the kind of mentor I think is is most beneficial. And and often my mentors will say, you know, they learn as much from the relationship as the mentee does. It's it's really a two-way street. Yeah, and and I fully agree with with what you just said it is um it is um i think both uh, i think as a young engineer having a mentor is 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 very positive experience for you i think as we as we and i'm me not we but me uh, get older being able to 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 mentor someone you, you do pick up you do learn from them but it's also giving a little bit back to the to the profession when you when you do that do you have any other thoughts, comments on, on your passion for sustainability, on anything that you could see that we need to do? I mean, 
I'll back up just a little bit. And, and before you answer that, just so, so I'm, I'm Davey McDowell. I live in a house in, in Clemson, South Carolina. What, what one thing can I do that would help improve this world in terms of the environment? What, what can Davey do to, to make a difference? Yeah, that's a great question, Davey. So from a residential perspective, I don't know what type of incentives your utilities offer, but uh, around here in, in the Northeast and um, New England, there are free energy audits. And so I don't know how old your home is, but uh, definitely worth getting an energy assessment done. And often, you know, whatever the findings are, there'll be discounts and rebates to actually go act upon those findings. And so often it's for old houses, like where I'm living in, tackling the building envelope and adding insulation in the, in the attic. That's a easy, low hanging fruit. Swapping out to LEDs. That's no kidding. You know, just single, single year payback in many cases. And then if you wanted to get fancy, starting to add in some of the, the smarts, the Google homes is becoming more common in, in the residential field as well. So I know that was more than one thing, but a couple things. Well, no, no, that was exactly, that was exactly what I was asking. And, you know, what, what can we as um, individuals now from a corporate uh, perspective, obviously there's corporate initiatives and that that you can do. We look at every small win as a win, because to your point, it all adds up. For example, uh, just this year, we've found using our analytics platform, like 150 different faults and, and some of them are small in the HVAC system. Uh, for example, the the valve is cycling when it, it's not supposed to be. Um, well, that's you know adding wear and tear to the actuator, but it's also wasting energy. Um, and then, for example, we found ductwork that's been blown off. We found we found bubble wrap in the ductwork that you know who knows how long it's been there. We found filters that are dirty because we didn't know the filters were there until looking at the data. And so, you know, those are just a couple of examples that on their own, they seem small, but they add up across a large footprint when you start looking at, you know, 6 million, 9 million square feet of facilities. I do want to, I have enjoyed our time talking and do want to thank you for um, taking the time to, to talk with us and be a part of the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Davey. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Devin, for joining us today. It was a pleasure to talk with you, and we thank you for your amazing high-level work you are doing to increase the awareness of sustainability and energy conservation. You are truly making an impact and helping to make the world a better place for all of us and for future generations. And to all our listeners out there, Thank you for joining us again today. Please take a minute to leave us a review. This simple action can help others like yourself find and share this podcast. Have a great day and we'll see you again on our next episode of Advance, an NCEES podcast series.